Hey babe, welcome to the She Factor Podcast, a space where we believe empowered women empower women. We're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to live your best life and find your purpose. Join me every week as we dish out real life tips and tricks on all things juicy, inspiring, and educational, but of course, never boring. I'm Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to She, and your host of the She Factor Podcast. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us as women unstoppable. I hope everyone's 2020 is off to a wonderful start. Honestly, guys, I cannot wait for today's episode, the next couple of weeks, honestly, like the next couple of months. We have guests planned out and recorded all the way up until March or April. And they are just incredible. Like they're some of my favorite episodes I've recorded. So make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss them because they are so great. Um, And I promise I'm not being biased, but today you get to hear from the incredible Danielle Marie. And she is just the definition of perseverance, hard work, not taking no for an answer ever, especially when it comes to following her heart, listening to her gut. But my absolute favorite thing about her is her resilience. After being told by countless people who were so close to her that she was never going to be good enough and that she was not capable of doing big things because of her disability, she fought back. Danielle was born with a hearing impairment, but I promise you it hasn't held her back one bit. She's defied all odds, everyone's opinion, and she's just worked tirelessly to create this life and business of her dreams, which obviously here at She Factor, that is what we're trying to help you do is create this life you love. So she is the living, breathing success of She Factor. So she founded and she is now the lead designer and CEO of Grip Handbags, which it's been featured in InStyle Magazine, British Vogue, Accessories Magazine, WWD.com, Bellis Magazine, so, so many more and on a number of public figures and fashion blogs. It's just It's been an incredible journey and I can't wait for you all to hear it. Danielle, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, We just, we had such a great conversation planning the podcast and I think there's so many different ways that we could, this whole conversation could go and I'm just excited to see where it takes us. So um, I want to start off by giving you the opportunity to just tell a little bit of your story and what has been your journey that has initially led you to this point, especially to start Grip Handbags. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, hello, first of all. And, you know, this is exciting to even be on a podcast. It's my first one I've ever done. So I'm really, really honored that I've been selected. Um, And so basically my backstory, it goes way back, but (laughs) I'll try to um, definitely make it short and sweet. Um, My journey as a designer was self-taught. I, you know, growing up, I've always been artistic, but never um, pinpointed my, um, you know, eye for design. I just thought maybe it was just a talent, you know, almost too good to be true. Like, I shouldn't be seriously considering, you know, anything beyond just a hobby, right? So, you know, all my life, I just thought, okay, this would be just something I'm good at, but I have to find a real career, which is, you know, maybe something in business or economics, or, you know, if I wanted to be a doctor, maybe that would be a route. So I always had that mentality growing up. And then, you know, it's funny how the world works. I feel like sometimes when things are meant to be, they kind of find you too. So when I was in college, I was in that situation where I was very torn about whether, you know, to pick a major that was safe, you know, like business or international relations 
or something more specific that, you know, I like from something like communications, which is also broad, but it was um, my school taught a lot about, you know, photography and advertising. So that's um, kind of like the scope of what our communications department covered. So it was a definitely, it was definitely a different um, area that I didn't think I was going to be in, but somehow it was, I was drawn to it. So I decided just to pick, you know, communications and go for it. And then after I went to grad school at Pepperdine and got my master's in media production, which was kind of, um, you know, taking communications on a different level of storytelling, doing a lot of photography and videography, editing. Um, So I really got my my hands wet with uh, all that, which is really fun. I never worked a camera in my life and I got to learn, you know, all the fun stuff. So I did that, and then I got um, some experience on the film sets and doing behind-the-scenes um, camera work and production, set design, and all that's very artistic. So that kind of, you know, what I was saying earlier, how my career as a self-taught designer found me, well, I was always, you know, somehow working with creative jobs. So Did you ever, <laughs> like, started. think of yourself as a creative or an, as an artist before? Did... Um, you know, did no, you ever have like a drawing to it? Yeah, no, I never didn't. But my parents de- definitely recognized it. And they're like, you're so talented. But they never, um, I never really thought maybe that would be a career. I thought it was maybe too good to be true. You know, you always hear about the starving artist stigma. And you think, oh, it's too good to be true. I should not waste my time, you know, making paintings and coloring, you know, coloring books and whatnot. So but it's always something I was um, encouraged to do as a hobby but then um, you know as grad school approached and I was on the film sets and seeing all these beautiful you know wardrobe designs and set design I I thought okay this obviously is calling my name I have to you know say yes and I have to respond and um, just so it's funny like I was telling you in our conversation I was literally in the shower and it was during my internship when I was interning for a celebrity stylist where I thought, hey, you know, there's, you know, a lack in the market for really, really cool handbags that kind of stand out where you, if you saw it like walking down the street, you would know exactly what that designer is. So I felt like there was a, something missing and I was like, you know what, I can make something. Let me see what I can come up with, you know, and then it was just one of those moments where you walk out of the shower, you're like, okay, I'm going to forget everything I have planned today and I'm going to do this. <laughs> Not many people are blessed with those moments in this lifetime. So that is so awesome that you did have that and that you had that experience. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm very thankful I had that. And I actually distinctly remember that moment where I came up with the name Grip Handbags and it felt so good. I was like, oh my God, this is something that's going to become something one day. I'm going to be proud of it. My parents are going to be proud of it. And I just, I really felt it to my core and, you know, I've been following you know, that kind of push ever since. How did you inspire the name Grip Handbags? So Grip Handbags sort of, um, it's definitely synonymous for clutch. So that the first design I came up with was actually a clutch. And um, it's because I was working with a celebrity stylist. A lot of her clients needed cool accessories for red carpets. And um, a, lot of things, a lot of the items she pulled were beautiful. They're like full of Swarovski crystals and just beautiful, beautiful pieces that I felt like I've seen it before. And for red carpet, I was like, where is that wow factor? You know, the whole point of a red carpet is to dress up and really, you know, to make the press. And it's a conversation starter, right? So 
where are the accessories that are making the conversation? So that's when I came up with this idea for the clutch. And, you know, I thought, okay, what's another word for clutch? And then grip is something that Google popped up <laughs> with a simple search. I was like, okay, grip, you know, that sounds really, really strong. It's, it's clean. It's, you know, simple. People can pronounce it. And I just thought, let me add handbags in case, you know, I want to expand not just clutches, but maybe I want to do crossbodies or tote bags or mm-hmm. what, what have you. So that's sort of where it started. Well, they're beautiful. If anyone listening hasn't checked them out, you definitely should. They're gorgeous bags. Um, oh, thank and you. people do say these days that you can start any business you want, which is Google. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. you're, you're living proof. So I know something that you told me during our conversation that was at the base of why you started Grip Handbags was that you really wanted to do something to prove to yourself that you could. Um, And I know for me, that's such a powerful aspiration and something that I think really just shows a lot about who you are as a person. Um, But what initially brought that on? What? Why was that so important to you? So it was definitely important for me to start something not only to make my parents proud and to satisfy my creative you know, side that I have, but I also wanted to make sure whatever I do in life, it's something that is kind of is showing me what I'm capable of. I think everybody has a, a side of themselves that always doubts them. You know, we have that inner voice, we have the, the devil on one side of our shoulder, and then we have the angel on the other, right? Every day we're faced with temptations or what have you. And, you know, you always have that inner voice in the back of your head that is saying, yes, go for it. And then you have the other voice that says, no, you can't, you can't do that. So I, a lot for me personally, I don't know if it's for everybody, but for me, I've always kind of had to deal with that day to day, like my constant back and forth. Hey, am I good enough? Or am I pretty enough? Hey, can I do this? Or, you know, I'm really, really interested in this, but can I really do it? You know, I, I see people do it, but can I do it? So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it's, it's that back and forth. Um, and when I started Grip Handbags, I thought, you know what, let me do this. You know, it feels right. And my parents would be so happy. I just can see the smile on their faces when I try to make something of myself. But then also, you know, growing up here, you've, you've gone through so much with you know peer pressure and people doubting you. Um, you know, for me, I have a personal disability that I faced with every day, which is a hearing impairment. And when I was born with that, um, I had to sort of, I was fortunate to have had the resources to kind of advance um, on the same track as everyone my age. But you know, some people don't have those resources or some people are have it more severe than I do. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, in my case, I was able to conquer my hearing impairment and just deal with it day to day as if, you know, it was something like, you know, a bad pimple on my face, mm-hmm. you know, I just have to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's it's a little different, but what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I've been doing like- day to day. So I thought, you know what, let me try something. There's nobody out there that has, that I've been able to look up to in that space um, when it comes to disabilities and what have you. So I thought, you know what, let me be my own role model in this case. Let me see what, you know, I can do. That is awesome. Good for you. I mean, even just what you you just said, like about there was nobody in that space that you could look up to that had done it, you know, with a visible disability or something that they were fighting publicly. And um, I yeah. think 
that's so true. I mean, we just don't see a lot, even just even from the perspective as a, of a woman. I was thinking about this the other day. I read an article about how um, they asked a bunch of men at this... It was like in a study or at this company, what woman within the company that they, they looked up to. And none of them could come up with an answer. And that just amazes me. And I oh think gosh. that... Yeah, isn't that crazy? And like, we have to find you know, people to look up to and aspire to be. And the fact that you couldn't find somebody that, you know, matched, not matched you, but who you could look up to in that way is, is astounding. Do you feel like it's um, set you back at all? Or have you faced any adversity because of that or or anything else along the journey um, that's really affected, affected you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a roller coaster. (laughs) It always Um, is. (laughs) A lot of people do receive it well. Like for you, for instance, you know, it's very, very similar. People would be like, wow, you know, I'm so happy for you. It's good for you. You know, um, you know, break the stigma. A lot of people nowadays see on social media, a lot of people are opening up about their vulnerabilities, you know, what have you, whether it's, you know, body positivity or, you know, whatever you have, whatever bothers you, we all have something, right? So, mm-hmm this is my way of just kind of showing people like, Hey, yeah, I might have this disability that you might not be comfortable with, or I might not come across every day and someone, but you know, there really is nothing to be ashamed of. There's really no reason to think any less than we should never think any less than. Um, so, you know, this is just my story. And, you know, if you have questions, let me know, you know, it's kind of just almost informing the mm-hmm. public to like, this is what it's all about. It's nothing to be, you know, weirded out by. I totally believe that. I think that everyone kind of has their own story and some people are just more public about it than others. And whether it be something that, you know, they went through as a child or maybe like some sort of trauma that isn't, you know, written across their face, you know, everyone does have their own, their own version of their own story. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that we're all unique in our, in our own way. And, you know, that's those experiences shape who we are and why not, why not hide them? But I'm sure in your case, it, it probably does gather more questions than most. I remember when I, I, um, I actually went open about my disability on a personal level, separate from my business, but I did a, a whole blog, um, where I was able to just kind of pour my personal story and everything that's me as an individual outside of being a designer and entrepreneur, so I remember when I, I published the site live and I literally was shaking and you think, you know, the minute you, you launch a business or the minute you publish a blog post, the world is going to see you like who you are. Right. Yeah. But you're like stripping like, down all those not, barriers. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, Oh my God, it's live. Oh my God. You just want to like, you know, huddle under a desk somewhere and just like <laughs> not, not do anything. Right. But you know, the reality is nobody, I mean, some people saw it, but then over time, you know, when you keep being consistent with your story, that's how you really make an impact. So that's kind of something I'm kind of going in a different direction with this. But when it comes to like owning a business, for instance, or branding yourself, a lot of people think the minute they go live, it's, it's, it's everything. It's big. It's huge. Right. No, mm-hmm. it's actually it happens over time. Yeah. And it's a process. Um, I was, I I watched something today by Sarah Blakely and she was talking about how as entrepreneurs, you know, people usually think that they, they have this great idea and everything's perfect from the start and that they're, you know, um, 
overnight success. And she was talking about, you know, no one has it figured out when they go to launch. Like everyone, even if they think they have it figured out, they find out very quickly that they don't. And um, there's just, it's just the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur. It just, it's yeah. the ups and the downs. It's a, it's a crazy journey, but you know, you find out so much about yourself too in the process. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Um, Well, I want to talk a little bit about your mission of grip handbags because I think that even just talking about everything that we just did, I think it's so relevant and just so important. Um, And you don't see very many brands out there who are value and um, mission-driven companies. So... um, and I think it aligns really well with everything that we're doing at Chief Factor too. But it's really rooted in never doubting yourself or what you're capable of. So why was why did you decide that this was going to be the core of your business? I mean, obviously your experience probably speaks to that a little bit. But was there one specific reason or moment that really motivated you to make that the core of your of your company? Yeah, um, actually, that happened recently. Within I would say the year, um, you know, as a, as a startup brand, I was sort of kind of figuring out what we were in the process. Um, so I never really had, to be honest, I never really had like a mission statement or something I really stood behind. But it wasn't until recently when I've sort of been more comfortable with who I am. I've been in the dating scene again. I've been traveling and I've been, you know, kind of doing a lot of things, um, like traveling alone. Um, I've been doing a lot recently. And, you know, your 20s are all about kind of doing everything on your bucket list. Um, that you can before, you know, you settle down and have a family or whatever mm-hmm. your your path is. So I've been doing so much and that's sort of been um, opening up a lot of perspective for me. So I realized, you know, the, the only person that's going to stop you is yourself. And I had this like epiphany on the plane. I was like, wow, oh my gosh, you know, I'm on this trip right now because of me. I make, I made the time. I made the money. I, you know just made myself get on a plane and go to Europe, for instance, you know, nobody else forced me to do that. It was me. And as a result, I got to see something beautiful. I was actually in Switzerland in September for two days. There wasn't much, but all it takes is just a day or two to see something to, you know, awaken your senses. And from that moment, I was like, you know what? I did this. I'm so proud of myself. I worked hard. I deserve this. I treated myself. I, you know, I realized everything comes down to, to you. You come into this world as yourself and you leave this world as yourself. I know that's very, very like, you know, profound, <laughs> but you know, no. it, it's true. It's so true. And I think, I think that you're, I mean, I talk about this all the time in the podcast, how important your twenties are to the rest of your life. But I think that moment of independence is crucial and so important. Like that moment where you're like, okay, like I'm paying my bills. I'm making the money. I'm, I like have control over my fate and I have the ability to create this life that I love. Or even if you're stuck in a rut, you're like, I have the ability to get out of this and I'm in control of that. And I think Mm -hmm. the moment that you realize that you're responsible for your own fate and that, you know, you have the capability of turning your life into whatever you want it to be, like that is such a freeing moment. And I yeah. love that. It's, it's crazy. That's the core it's, of what you're doing right now. Yeah, that's the core. Um, that definitely is what pushed the the philosophy behind Grip because I realized, oh my God, this all makes sense. You know, I, I came up with this idea. I thought it was good enough to pursue. I convinced my parents to help me get it going. 
it was all me and and my parents, of course, you know, it's not just me who that made the brand what it is today, of course, it's a team effort. But, you know, if it wasn't for my encouragement and my belief in the brand, then it wouldn't be anything. So that same philosophy should go to you, yourself as a person, to you, who you are with your friends, who you are at work, and who you are with your family. That, you know, should always be with you. Never doubt what you're made of because you can do anything, you can be anyone you want. Um, you know, we all have the same, you know, we have different resources, but we have, we're made of the same things, right? So even celebrities, they have, they're humans. They're not any different than we are. They, they might have privilege, right? They might have more money, but take that out of the equation and they're just people. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just like you walk away with that, you know, and you make, you color everything um, in life, I believe. Like everything that happens to you, you have the power to either make it something horrible, even worse, or something that's a learning lesson, a stepping stone or whatever. You, you have the power. I am a firm, firm believer in that. I, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason, but I'm even an even more firm believer in the fact of, you know, you have control over how you react to something. And even if it's something really, really traumatic and trust me, I've been there. I've, I've had some experiences in my life and I've definitely known some people who have too. And, you know, coming out of it on the other side, if you can turn that into an experience that shapes you and motivates you and that, you don't have this like story attached to it. Like it happened. There's there's nothing you can yeah. do to control it, but it happened to you. It changed you and move, moving on and to the next greater thing of your life. I think like once you realize that you can have that experience and own that is like, yeah. that's also a freeing feeling, you know? It is. It's the best feeling. And taking that too with what, um, you know, never doubt what you're made of. You don't want to ever doubt the products you use, you know, this is kind of going in a different direction, but a lot of times now we're we're seeing a shift in the market, and especially in fashion and um, lifestyle products. You we want to know what these products are made of. We want to know how they're made. We want to know where they're made, and we should never doubt. You know, when we have a product that we love, we should never doubt the backstory behind it. Um, we should be confident when we buy our our you know utilities or if we buy our clothes, or whatever. We want to know, we want to be confident in that product. We want to be confident, not just that it can achieve what we want out of it, but also how it got there, you know? And I think that the people behind it are, you know, motivated for the right reasons. I think that now, especially with social media, so many people are following CEOs, founders, you know, high ups at these companies because they want to know like who is behind the scenes, like who is making the mm-hmm. product, who's motivating the mission and the and the vision of it all. Cause I mean, I think that you typically before only saw the negative headlines that came out about certain mm-hmm. brands or companies. And now they have the power to change that conversation and, and change the direction of that and really show like, hey, I'm a real person or I'm, you know, I'm a normal everyday mom or whatever that yeah. might be. And I think that that's been really powerful one powerful aspect of social media. I think that there's lots of ups and downs, but I think that's been one more positive aspect of, of Absolutely, it. yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we forget that there are people behind the product too that actually create it. Um, it's not just the CEO or whoever is the face of the company or the brand. They, they are part of it, but there's so much more behind totally. it. And, you know, where these products come from too um, has been something I'm 
really fascinated in because, you know, we, this is our world, you know, we are treating it so poorly and it actually breaks my heart. But, um, you know, I'm, I really do want to believe that like in the future, we will come up with, you know, better ethical ways that are environmentally stable and sustainable for our planet and for our people. So, you know, that's something I, as a brand and as a, you know, an entrepreneur and even as an individual, I will be implementing in my lifestyle and in my business moving forward when I have more knowledge and, you know, something I'm, it's pretty new territory for me, but it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. I think that's important too. Oh, it's so important. Um, I mean, I think you nailed it. It's just education. Like you don't need to be, I don't know if you've seen, it's like a quote or it's somewhere out there and it's like, you don't need to be, you know, the perfect person if you just recycle one thing a day or if you just use like yeah. one natural de- deodorant or if like you just make one I've conscious decision. That. It's a great, great Something quote like and I can't thousand, remember it. I think a thousand imperfect people yes. doing one thing imperfectly is better than doing like one thing perfectly or something. Yes, something along those lines. And I don't know if you recently, I know video just went viral um, for the coral um, the coral, coral farmers. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. You should go check it out. It's like flying all over social media right now. But oh, it's just... My gosh. It's all about it's all about education. It's all people just don't know what they don't know, and um, you know, especially in fashion and this industry, it you know, it's it does get complicated and it is hard, especially to find. I'm sure great product that's affordable and like that you're able to use in your own product. Like, how has that process been? Like, did you did you have to go through a lot of research or like, did you have to interview oh, yeah. a lot of places? Like, what did that even look like? How did you decide what a good product was versus not a good product? Cause I don't think I would know. It, it's crazy. No, it's something I don't have a clear answer for, but I can definitely show you and talk my way through the process that when I first started, I was very naive. I literally just went to a leather supply shop and I was like, all right, handbags are leather, right? Let me just get a, you know, a couple of yards of leather, right? No big deal. But then you start realizing, my God, you know, I'm making samples. I know it sounds really dramatic, but I'm just making samples on leather, like genuine leather, like what a waste, you know? And then mm-hmm. and just like, I don't know, I took a step back and I was like, what am I doing? You know, I, I don't even know what I'm doing, right? And I shouldn't be taking leathers like for granted like that. Um, so it just made me think, you know, Hey, am I, for being really careless, like as a population, you know, as a, a human race, we're very careless. We think things are replaceable, you know, some, something that we can just get when we want. Um, the demand is just, you know, it's, everything is at our fingertips now. We, when it comes to Amazon, we get what we want when we want it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that mentality is like insane to me. I mean, it's great. You know, it's our world becoming more efficient and more connected. But at the same time, we're, we're really, really like, I don't even know what the word is, but we're very spoiled, I guess. Yeah. I think entitled, like we feel like, and I don't know that everyone's like that. I think that's a general statement, but I think that we are, we are more and more entitled to the things that we consume every day. I mean, even just thinking about television and news and social media and like the products that we consume, like, I don't, yeah, like you were saying, like it, it lives and breathes in everything. So just being yeah, conscious and 
you can't be perfect, but you can be aware. No, it was just wild when I came to that conclusion. I was like, you know what? Let me take a step back. I, yeah, I've done leather now, and you know, but it's not something I want to do forever. So let me try, you know, experiment with something else. Um, and then I just did some research on Google. Like I said earlier, Google is my friend, um, and that's all it takes. Just looking up manufacturers around the area that use um, you know, PVC-based or other like canvas-based materials and specializing in those kinds of applications. And from there, I sort of, you know, told them, hey, this is what I want, you know, as a construction of the bag. I want it like this. I don't want it to, I want the handles to be like this. And so basically, I sketch it all out and I tell them I want it, you know, leather-free. I, I want to use faux leather. I do not want to use animal at all. Um, what can you do for me to get what is desired out of this? And so basically, you know, they're experts. And so it's, it's great as an entrepreneur to, you know, re- like search, you know, the people that are experts in their field. Um, I think that's something important. You know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask. There are people that are experts and you should trust their input. So it's just a matter of like scouting people who um, kind of just had a great track record um, and then just word of mouth too in the industry people are really often able to kind of help each other out which is great so it's word of mouth and I shop around and ask people and they ask people and then you know at some point it just all comes together and you realize oh I have a product Mm -hmm. and I like the way it's made you know you make it sound so easy (laughs) (laughs) oh and I guess going off that the making it sound so easy I like was there anyone along the way that told you, you know, like, this isn't going to work, like, you're not going to be able to make this happen? Like, was there anyone who really pushed that self-doubt into you, into your mind? Oh, yes. I'll never forget. Um, I was just working freelance um, during grad school. And this was early when I just started developing the brand. And it was sort of really secret and behind the scenes. I did not even tell my parents about it yet. Um, and I was just, you know, working on it on the side. And then all of a sudden, um, my employee at the time, um, or my employer at the time, I'm sorry, was like, oh, you know, did you hear about Lorenz Scott? And um, Lorenz Scott, who is Mick Jagger's um, girlfriend, she's sadly passed away, but, um, you know, she committed suicide. And because she was apparently in so much debt from her fashion business and, she actually compared me to Lorenz Scott, basically wow. saying, you know, I hope you don't have any, you know, desires to work in the fashion business or try to make something out of yourself in the fashion business, create a brand or whatever. Because look at what happened to Lorenz Scott. That is terrible. And terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I actually, I, I actually remember the moment my face got so red. I, I probably look like an apple, but I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> I was so upset that I try to keep it together. I try to, you know, say, hey, I'm the professional one. Obviously, this person is not professional, you know. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that really, I really took it to heart. And I was like, wow, that is just, you don't know what happened, what, you know, what her life was like. You don't know that. How can you judge somebody like that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have that preconceived notion of the fashion industry because it's been like such a... I feel like it has been kind of an ugly place for the last decade. Yeah. It's very cutthroat. And, you know, it's 
it takes a lot of work. And if you want to be a big brand, you know, it takes a lot of investment, a lot of mm-hmm. faith in, you know, your team, your investors, what have you. But, you know, I mean, it, you should never be discouraged to try something on your own just because somebody says that you can out, you know? Right. No, that's, a, that's I mean, one terrible. <laughs> he said that, but good for you for, you know, proving him wrong and oh, showing him yeah. that this journey is possible for you. Um, yeah. So looking back on your journey, what advice would you give to yourself if you had to do it all over again and start from the beginning? I would not change anything, actually. I would just do as I did because I learned so much out of it. I learned about myself and every day I learned something new about the business world and the fashion world. And, you know, it gave me a lot of, you know, confidence in my capabilities. And, you know, it kind of pushed me to, I'm sort of, you know, an introvert. I like to stay, you know, quiet. I'm not someone that um, likes to go and introduce themselves to a networking event or something. But being an entrepreneur and self-taught designer, it it forces me to insert myself in those kinds of settings because that's the way you're going to get your name out there that's the way you're going mm-hmm. to improve um you know public speaking too is never my strong suit but you know the more you do it every day the more you talk to your your coworkers or your friends even or just doing practicing your elevator pitch whatever you know the better you're going to get well and i think too when you're when you're talking about something that you're so passionate about and that you have such a strong um you know in like I want to say like internal motivation for, but like when you're talking about something that you that you love as much as you do your brand, like it almost becomes easier, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's a great um, stepping stone, and you know, kind of like an icebreaker where if you talk about something you love and you're passionate about, it comes natural. Totally. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the future of grip handbags and what you envision for it. So, what is I guess looking in the future, like what is your ultimate dream top goal that you have for the company? All right. I want to be the Stella McCartney of handbags. <laughs> Love it. That's my goal. Um, but, you know, realistically, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You never know. It's only been four years of group handbags. And the recent collection that's out right now is about a year and a half. So, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty new, you know, you have to be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, you have to, you know, believe in yourself and just keep believing. And they say the 10 year mark is the magic mark. Something happens after 10 years. Who knows if you're consistent? We'll see. I love it. Who are some of, um, I know you mentioned Stella McCartney, like who are some of your role models in the industry? I know you said that originally, you know, it was really hard to find role models who have been in your situation, but I guess, are there any specific role models or designers that you really look up to? Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to life and philosophy, I love Stella McCartney's outlook, um, being that she's the daughter of a famous you know, musician and she's kind of made something of herself. You know, she separated herself from that. And so I really admire her for that. And what she stands behind, um, there's so many people. I, I love my mom. You know, my I know it sounds silly, but you know, my mom my my role model. <laughs> um, when it comes to family and being a mother, that's definitely you know, her her way of life is what I would like. Um, and I hope to be as good as her, as amazing as her, if not better. Um, and then really I just look up to 
honestly, my friends, my followers, everybody had something, the way they support my business and they support my, my way of life. And, you know, that's, that's inspiring. And that to me is something that I hope to do to other people to return the favor and anyone that's trying to make something of themselves or start a business. I'm always, you know, reaching out and like wanting to share my, my wisdom and pass along my, my knowledge because, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, if we share our knowledge and work together as a team, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just collaboration over competition, I think is so important these days. And how can we help each other and share that wisdom and share those experiences so that everyone is better. So I love that that, um, you know, that you said that just because it is, I think, so, so, so important, especially for women these days. I think that, yeah, you know, you talk to so many women and, you know, we're often our hardest, our, our own hardest critics. I mean, I think that women tend to be more judgmental towards each other than even anyone else towards ourselves. Um, even, you know, yeah. even yourself towards yourself, like even your I own. I know, right? I mean, crazy. it's crazy. Um, so how do we switch that perspective and change the conversation and really in- empower each other and encourage each other? And, you know, there's so... I was just talking to somebody about this. I can't remember who it was, but... There's so much room out there in the world for more powerful women. Like there's more room for more women lawyers and doctors and you know, I think it was I think actually what we were talking about was the influencers, like how, you know, being a social media influencer, whatever that means, you know, it's a really crowded space right now. Everyone's trying to do it, but you know, people are trying to build build businesses and make their own money and like let's empower them to do that and like if you don't like it, then don't follow them, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you should respect everybody has a a drive and a passion and whatever that passion is might not be your passion, but that's what makes them happy. So right. when you bring them up, it brings you up. I love that. Um, and then personally, I know that you said, I, I loved when you talked about going to Europe and how empowering that experience was for you. What what are some of your personal aspirations, personal goals in the next year, or couple years? Like what are some big things that you want to do for yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I definitely want to get back to the gym. <laughs> Don't make we that all. Work out, <laughs> <very consistent. laughs> um, you know, because it's funny, it's just the, the motivation of just getting to the gym. That's the hardest part. But once I'm there, I'm happy. But hopefully in the next year, I'll be more consistent with that. I definitely want to travel more. Um, just turned 29. So it's my last year in my 20s. Oh, so crazy. But um, I definitely want to have like, you know, more adventures, maybe even just locally too in New York City, see what's around. Um, you know, the city has so much to offer and sometimes we overlook, you know, what's right in front of us. Um, but that's something I hope to do. And then, of course, you know, work on Grip and my personal account as well. And just, you know, we're always evolving too, which is mm-hmm. something I've noticed. I like to reinvent myself every now and then. So you never know, Grip might be reinventing itself within the year. And who knows, you know, next year we'll probably have hopefully more products and more colorways and, you know, we'll just be in more stores and all that and make a ton of sales. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You never know, like when, especially as an as an entrepreneur, like you never know when things are going to pivot. Like that's something that we talk a lot about at She Factor because there's so many different parts of our brand. But it's like, you know, we're only six months old. But what's going to stick? Like what's what's really going to 
you know, get people excited about the brand. And, you know, it could be something completely different than we thought it would be. And it actually has been in our experience. And like, there's all these different aspects of the brand. Everyone loves that in in person, inhuman connection. But um, that's what everyone's been saying. But it's like the daily newsletters and the podcasts tend to be, you know, what get people excited about it. And who knows, you know, we we definitely weren't expecting those two things to be like, like the in of what people, what, what we yeah. expected people to get engaged with the brand, but it's been such a journey. And I think I'm sure similar to it you, is. like there's so many, so many things that you can do um, within your industry, within your company. And it's fun. It's fun to experiment with all that stuff. It is. I love bringing in like fresh players buys, you know, just looking at what I have and different ways that we can um, introduce the product. Well, I want to close out by talking a little bit about fashion specifically because um, we're recording this now um, in November, but this is going to go live when we are focusing about on focusing on fashion as our sphere of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and really going into the new year, I we thought that fashion would be a great way to start the new year because you're starting, you know, starting fresh, setting new goals, and at the core of that is how you present yourself and you know. What, yeah. fashion, what fashion is to to you, what you can make that whatever. Wow, I'm rambling. That's yeah. none of that really made sense, but um, you can edit <laughs> but that. Too, like, it's definitely, I guess, you know, fashion is a, you know, a very broad um, term and people take it very differently. So for me personally, I think it's individuality is how you kind of pre- present yourself, like you were saying, how you. Um, dress yourself to convey a certain personality or um, style to someone. And a lot of people respond just visually. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a way of speaking without saying anything. If that makes sense. It's kind of like don't judge a book by its cover, but like that is often like people's first reaction is what you're wearing because you wear clothes every day, hopefully. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like people will definitely judge you. Like, I don't care what people say, but we all judge each other. Um, but, you know, not severely, but we definitely make our judgments. Right. But I think it's almost like, like everyone who's come across. Less about you know, judging so. and like, how, how are you presenting yourself? Like, how is your personality and your, exactly. and your true self present through how yeah. you're presenting yourself? And it's almost so. like a puzzle. Like, you always, you look at someone and you're like, okay. This is what I'm getting from them. I wonder, are they like this? Are they like this? Are they like this? It's like a puzzle. And then when you get to know them, you're, you're putting the pieces together. Yes. You're like, oh, this makes sense. This makes maybe sense. they're completely different than you thought they'd be. I get exactly. that a lot. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, I actually, my, I tell my friends I like to dress a little louder than I am. So if I'm more on the quiet side, more introverted, I definitely compensate with my accessories and my clothing in a more bolder way. So it's, it's a good balance. Ooh, I like that. Um, yeah. I did a, a, which I actually am going to have the stylist on the podcast this month as well. But um, I, I met with a stylist last November. It's been a year now. Wow. Um, and it was life-changing for me. I mean, I would encourage anyone out there, if you have any extra money laying around and you can afford anyone, even if it's like a friend who's really into fashion or in the industry, like it was such an empowering experience because they see you in such a different light than you see yourself. And like she 
was I was dressing a certain way and she was like, you're not presenting the way that you want people to see you. Like you're not dressing in a way that would make you seem like that. You're closing yourself off and you're wearing dark colors and you're like not portraying who you are as a person. She was like, I met you 20 minutes ago and you are so not the person I thought you were. So I think it's important. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, that's eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. And to get that perspective from someone else is, is definitely eye-opening. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess how has fashion, and I'm sure this is such a loaded question, but how has fashion changed, defined, or affected your life? It definitely gave me a platform to express myself in ways I couldn't have communicated verbally, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I am quiet, so I'm, a, I'm not someone that definitely likes to sit on a podium and you know speak for hours and hours. So by dressing the way I dress, I'm able to tell people who I am or like a side of me, maybe a mood that I'm feeling for the day um, is my way of just you know telling my story. Love that. Um, and what is one goal that you have within fashion as and you know that we're not in the new year, but we're pretty darn close. So what is one goal you have within fashion as we jump into 2020, a new decade even? And for you almost too, oh it, it's kind of a new decade of your life soon to be as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. The 2020, it sounds really good. I feel like I feel good things coming. Definitely. Um, you too. For me personally, as an individual fashion, I hope in 2020, I'll definitely implement more sustainability in um, the way I shop and, you know, what I decide to wear, how I discard, you know, older clothes. Am I going to donate them or am I going to maybe consign them or maybe put them on a site like Trade C or um, Poshmark. So it's just a, a different way of maybe um, recycling my clothing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then repurposing the things I have in my life. Like, okay, I have 20 pairs of jeans, you know, let me go on Pinterest and see what I can do with these 20 pairs of jeans. Ah. And, oh, look at that. I can make a really cool, maybe rug or something. I've seen people make rugs like these shaggy, denim rugs Mm -hmm. and they look so so cute so definitely kind of looking you know around what's in your house that you don't need or you know what's what's causing all the clutter and you know clothing is obviously probably one of the top things that clutter our lives and um you know kind of looking at that going off of that really quick like I think that something I was expecting you to say, but you didn't was like repurposing your clothes in a way of like, you know, we all have those items in our closet that sit in the back of our closet and we never wear them. So like looking at Pinterest or looking at like updated trends and saying like, oh, here's a new way I can wear this or a new way to incorporate it into my lifestyle. Because I know I have so many items of clothing that I rarely ever wear. And like, I need to be more conscious of new ways, exciting ways I can wear them rather than just like going out and buying the newest trend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, and that's how you define your style too, by experimenting like that. Totally. What's your favorite fashion trend as of now? I definitely like the headbands, the turban headbands. I love the headbands. I'm a, I I cut my hair all off recently and like the headbands are my go-to look now with my short hair. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And don't you love the ones that have like, they're kind of like puffy and they have the pearls on top. Mm-hmm. I love so those. cute. Or the little bows. 
so cute. Yeah, I love them. I love them. Well, do you have anything else I want to give you the ability? Like, is there any anything else that you want to share with our audience or like as a 20-year-old woman who's trying to start a business or trying to get their start in the fashion industry, yeah. like any advice that you want to end with and really another mess, any other yeah. messages that you want to get out there? Sure, definitely. Um, I definitely want to close with, you know, never doubt what you're made of. Um, follow your, your inner passion, like what speaks to you. Take a minute to sit down after a long, crazy day. Have a cup of tea or a glass of wine and sit down in your room candle on and no tv no phone just kind of listen to your your inner voice and like what is like kind of what is speaking to you what's on your mind like that's on the daily what's always kind of coming back to you and maybe kind of follow that for a reason maybe it's lingering there um for a reason for you to sort of grab and do something about it so if you ever feel like you are stuck in a rut you don't know what your future is or what your supposed to do with your life you know sort of just take a step back and see the consistencies throughout your life like what sort of reappeared every now and then consistently through your life and then maybe you will pinpoint a pattern and kind of go from there and see you know even ask your friends like what are your strengths what are your weaknesses a lot of people will see something in you you might not have seen in yourself so if you kind of just you know take a minute to focus on you and kind of hear what other people have to say about you, then believe it or not, it can be, you know, it can pave a pathway for you that you've never expected. That's so powerful. I completely, completely agree with that. And I think that's a great place to end. So thank you so much, Danielle. It was so awesome having you on the podcast. And I just, I can't wait for everyone to hear your story because it's so powerful. And I am literally going to hang up and go buy my own grip handbag because I'm obsessed. So <laughs> yay! They're so cute. So thank you so much. And uh, we hope to maybe hear hear from you again soon. We need to do a follow-up and see where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be so fun. Thank you so much for the conversation. Yes, of course. Looking for more than a weekly dose of She Factor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up to date with all the trends on our blog and daily She email. Still want more? Subscribe on our app for access to live events near you, special offers from our brand partners, and lots of exciting tools to help you launch your life. Thanks for listening and see you next week.